Hello and welcome to the It's Not Personal podcast, a podcast about making work more engaging, more fulfilling, and ultimately more human by taking the ego out of leadership. I am here with Ken Grady, a Fortune 500 CIO and business leader, as well as gentleman farmer and snappy dresser. And I'm here with Seth Rigoletti, my always friend and often collaborator and co-conspirator. Seth is an executive and communications coach who's worked with a number of different organizations and whose superpower is helping people understand the difference between what's being said and what's being heard. Ken, so nice to see you again. Seth, it is so good to be back with you again. Um, I was really looking forward to this conversation. I always look forward to our conversations, but but I know we started to touch on this conversation last week and I just was, I, I had a lot of thoughts. I was thinking a lot about it as I as I got on my treadmill and was trying to distract myself from being on my treadmill. Being on your treadmill, yeah. <laughs> doing any yeah. kind of fitness stuff, which I do, but you know, it's good to have something to, to distract myself. Can, but this before, one was, before we go into this, can you just talk a little bit about your treadmill and like your experience with exercise? My treadmill. So it's an actual treadmill. I'm not, it's not a metaphorical treadmill. It's not a figurative <laughs> treadmill. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm always interested. This is one of the questions I always ask people when I get a chance to sit down one-on-one is kind of what's your version of self-care? Um, because certainly over the last two, three years, for a couple of reasons, largely, as I touched on, I think we had an episode in the first season right. where I, I shared, um, you know, COVID was stressful for a lot of us. And one of the ways that I found, I actually found myself in a very, very, say, unhealthy mental place. Um, you know, I wasn't, I, I, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, and I didn't, I wasn't going to therapy that point, but you know, was I borderline depressed or something? Maybe. Yeah. And so what I found was and I didn't feel good in my own skin, and so I I actually found um, creating the habit of, and it really has become a habit of thirty to sixty minutes a day of actually finding some physical activity of some kind mm. um, gave me, I mean, it gave me some physical benefits, but it gave me more mental benefits. Yeah. And, but here's the thing that I had to recognize about myself. I never enjoy it. Right. And people are always, they tell me about runner's high. Like, you know, oh, you just, no, you're going to get the runner's high, right. like endorphins. And I'm like, right. look, do, do you mean nausea? Because I get, <laughs> I get nausea. Right. But runner's high, I was in the Army years ago, and I had to run all the time. I never, I'm just not that person. Yeah. But, but I recognize that it did give me some space to just think and contemplate and and distract myself and of course there are like i said physical benefits and also i like to eat you know good food and and um so it just was a a balance for me and probably that's the biggest thing was just finding a way to create some intentional balance in my day yeah and i think you know you you figured out a way to make this to talk yourself into it to see the the carrot and the stick part of it, right? So yeah. like you you are you hold yourself, you know, to a pretty high level when it comes to exercising, I think pretty often and and I think you stick to it and my goal is daily and and there's a reason for that is because if I it's easy for me just to think about a daily habit. Did I do it today? Yes or no. Oh, yeah. I didn't do it. Oh, I got to go do the thing. Right. If if I was trying to do like three days a week, four days a week, then I get all I get all confused. And when, and when you when you are not doing it, 
Mm. Like if you find yourself, you know, travel or whatever, yeah, you find happens. yourself not yeah. doing it, how do you talk to yourself? Oh, that's a great question. Um, because like for over the holidays, you know, we were traveling as family and things. And I mean, I did bring my running shoes and I ran most days, but not every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just a little bit of, I give myself a little grace. And just because I didn't do it yesterday doesn't mean I won't do it today. Mm-hmm. And I can just reset my goal and mm. say, okay, today I'm going to do that. Or mm. tomorrow I'm going to do that. Mm. And, you know, I think um, just, yeah, being a little patient with myself and recognizing that life sometimes gets in the way. Yeah. And, you know, that doesn't mean that I've failed. That just means I have a new opportunity to start over tomorrow. It, yeah, I like that. And do, do you, um, how do you catch yourself from making excuses? I, so I think I am, I am my own hardest critic, as many of us are. Actually, the, the phrase that I have, I admit that I totally stole, from, I'm a Peloton app user as well, and mm-hmm. I love Peloton, and I'm happy to talk about all my favorite classes. And it's funny, too, because I gravitate. Everybody's got their own favorite instructors. I gravitate towards the instructors that yell at me. Mm. Like, these aren't the ones that are like, you can do it. Like, yeah. you look so good today. Yeah. No, these are the ones that are like, get, get off your ass and, like, pedal yeah. faster. Yeah, That's what I need. It motivates me. But one of the phrases that I love that I keep hearing is not better than somebody else, better than yesterday. Yeah, right. So that's kind of how I talk to myself as well is I'm not in competition with anybody else. I'm in competition with myself. Right. And, oh, actually, this is going to ground us back to our, our topic for the day. I was just going to say, this is a good segue, right? It is, because I am I am actually an intensely competitive person, mm-hmm. but I am mostly competitive with myself. Because mm. I can't really control what other people do mm. or what their inputs are mm. or what their advantages are or what their resources are. Mm-hmm. But I can absolutely control what I do. Yeah. And so I am tough on myself. Yeah. On that on that front. That's that's kind of the hard part. And again, I always, you know, if I don't live up to my lofty ambitions, all right, that's okay. I can come back at it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. I can give myself that space. I think I think that's an interesting paradox to kind of put out there because you know, when when people talk about being hard on themselves, at least when I think about being hard on myself, I'm usually putting myself down. I'm usually, mm. uh, you know, beating myself up a little bit. Like, um, you know, if I don't do as well on my run or if I don't go out for a run or if I haven't exercised for a couple of days, you know, I might say something to myself like, I don't know, something unkind, right? Yeah. I might say something unkind and, and really about myself, right? So not like, not like you can do better, right? But like <laughs> you loser. Yeah, but like you, like yeah, it could be like you loser, like you're a loser, and um, and there's something about this idea about um, the topic for today, yeah, that has something similar to that. There is, I mean, and the topic for today was, um, you know, when it's time for the tough boss. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love how you got us to introduce this because you know we start with being the boss of ourselves. Right. Yeah. And we can be tough on ourselves without being unkind. And this is kind of the thing that I was thinking so much about because we talk a lot in this podcast and in our conversations about, you know, we, we introduce it to saying we're going to bring the humanity into work. We're going to bring the emotion and vulnerability into work. We're yeah. going to, you know, think about the culture differently and how do we engage and connect. And I think sometimes, and I think I told the story last time around, 
last time or the one before around, you know, I shared that I, I have a real affection for my team mm. that I work with. And, you know, and, and, and one of my colleagues or coworkers said, you know, well, that's going to affect the way you think. And I'm like, of course it's going to affect. But I think people confuse kindness or affection or humanity or vulnerability with softness or weakness yeah, in, the, let's, in the workplace. Let's open that up a little bit because just the idea that you might care. Yeah. Right? Let's let's ex- let's explore what we the different ways we might take that, right? So care I care about you or I care about my team gets confused I think at times with take care of. Mm. Right? Well, yeah, let me just take it back to that starting point, which is I think it's okay to say I care for myself. Right, I care for myself. I care about myself. Mm. Does that mean I'm not tough on myself? Mm. Does that so, mean so? Let's talk about that. Like yeah. when you when when we think of the bias we might have, if I don't know what you're talking about, yeah, and I say be gentle with yourself. Mm. Uh, w- what do we think that means? Yeah, I think you know. I think there's conversations that I have in my own head. And I do want to take this from myself to being a leader. And, it, it's you know, going to get there, but we're going to end up back at ourselves. But we're going to end up back yeah, at ourselves because you're really going to start with this as a leader, as an individual. So, you know, I, I said that when I, when I don't achieve my goal, mm. that I give myself a little grace. Mm. I love that phrase. I only started hearing that phrase two or three years ago, but I really, really like it because it means – more than forgiveness, it means space and kindness mm. and gentleness, and it means you know just understanding. Mm. I think is what it means. Yeah. And so that understanding of well, why didn't I make my goal today? Why didn't I go on that run today? Or why didn't I you know achieve that whatever? And that curiosity and under seeking to understand what got in the way of achieving that doesn't mean that I don't still have that goal and I'm not going to come back at it tomorrow mm. and then I'm not going to push myself past that mm. blocker. Mm. But it does mean that I'm going to start with understanding. Mm. And that's mm. why I like thinking about it that way. And I think that if you can do that for yourself, then you can you can certainly do it for others. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. There's a, there's a, a version of this too that I think um, I want to add into this, which is that... Mm. Uh, we oftentimes equate caring or gentleness with, well, you know, the term like cutting some slack, right? So, so uh. you can cut yourself some slack, like, hey, you didn't achieve your goal today. Like, who knows? Maybe you didn't drink enough water. Maybe you were tired. You didn't sleep well last night. There are all kinds of reasons. But then there's cutting yourself some slack, which is like, I didn't really try very hard. But, yeah. You know, but you know, like, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I didn't try my hardest. I didn't do my best, mm. right? And so, um, this idea of gentleness or caring or 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 being a caring leader or a caring parent or a caring person of themselves, that it means somehow like not having any standards. Yeah, and I think this is the part about being the tough boss that. I think it's so important for people to take away to understand from this is not having standards is not being a good leader. I mean, that seems obvious. You know, not, you know, saying, I, you know, I have affection, I cut people slack, I, I understand when they have a bad day, I understand. And, 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 and I do want to understand those things. 
But we still have goals and we're gonna hold ourselves to standards. We're going to hold ourselves to standards that support one another. This is the real key. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna unpack this a little bit, but yeah. before we get there, I'm gonna give an example of something that's sort of out of this context that yeah. may that maybe is kind of an interesting example. Like Pema Chodron, who's a she's like one of the an American monk, um, Buddhist monk, uh, studied under Chogyam Trungpa, and she 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 tells this story about teaching. Like, you know, basically teaching meditation. She, that's what she does all the time, teaches meditation. She teaches this thing called loving kindness, and I think it's called mother kindness or something like that, Maitri or something. And it's like all about being kind to yourself. Mm. And so she's teaching this, and I and she described like somebody, they're supposed to be sitting on their cushions and doing this thing for like hours, and somebody got off their cushion, just lay, lay down on the ground, and she's like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, I'm just being kind to myself. And mm. Pema Chodron's like, no, 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 that's not the idea. Like, it's not, like, get on the cushion. Like, you're here to get on the cushion. Like, we're here to meditate. Like, right. it's not it's not kind to yourself not to do the thing you came here to do. Right. Right? Oh, yes. And so there's something, but but it's confusing, right? Because, well, then, if it if running is hard, right, why would I do it? That's not kind. I ask myself that all the right? time. Right? Exactly, <laughs> But right? I still do it. So there's this difference about, you know, how am I, t- I mean, this is what I was curious about for you. Like, how am I talking to myself yeah. when I'm running? Yeah, I think this is, this is such, this, this is the, the heart of this distinction is if we've agreed on an objective hmm. right? as an organization or for myself as an individual, if I allow myself to not work towards that objective, that's not actual kindness. Yeah. That's an excuse. If you if you're not putting your oar in the water, yeah. or if you're putting your oar in the water and it's just sitting there, right? Like you're not really rowing. No. Right. And so one of the hardest things that we have to do as, as leaders is to navigate this where you might many of us is if you've led an organization of humans for any time you're going to have had this ex- a, a, an experience where somebody in your team is not putting their oar in the water. That's mm. just, that's just it happens. For all kinds of reasons. For all kinds of reasons. There could be motivation reasons. There could be personal conflicts. There could be just all kinds of reasons why. They're not putting their oar in the water. Great metaphor, by the way. Um, and you, so then you have to ask yourself, so what do I do? What's And you could say this through the lens of kindness. Is it kind for me to just let them coast? Even if you started with, like, before you even said, what do I do? What if we just, what if we actually blew this up a little bit and just said, what is there to do? Yeah. Like, let's, I think that's, I think, because I think this is confusing. Mm. Um, so just from my own perspective, I notice that I always have a choice. I could choose to think that person is not doing the work. They're not putting the oar in the water because, um, and I'm going to say this like they're incompetent, they they're they're ill-willed, they're they're a villain, they don't know like they're trying to like sabotage. Like I can think all this bad intent, mm-hmm. and I I kind of cleaned that up early on, and I said I'm just going to assume good intent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then I'm like, oh, they just have good intent. They're just not doing it. Right. And then I would end up finding myself just managing all the excuses. Yeah. So what is there to do? Yeah, it's a great, I mean, number one, I think, starting with a place of, and, and by the way, let's let's acknowledge that all the 
We can assume positive intent, but all those other things could be true. They could be true, but but I think it's I, th I think it's just important for their audience. I'm, this is my own bias. I think for your own sake as a leader, if you start from a place that someone who works for you is a villain, you might as well just fire them yeah, because well, they're done. That's where I was going to go as well. Is that if you if you don't assume positive intent, then you have to ask you, that. That's a whole different. You need to step back and ask yourself questions about the culture and the organization that you're a part of and that you're creating. But if you start with an assumption of positive intent, one of the things that that does is it actually creates this, and we I think we ended our last season talking about this, this concept of psychological safety. Okay, so let's do a recap. What do we mean when we say psychological safety? Because in the in the episode, I think it was, you can say that here. Yeah, it was, you right? can say that here. So, and let's use this example. Let's say that you're a leader and you have somebody that's not putting their oar in the water, yeah. that's not doing the work, that's not performing or creating the outcome that we agreed on. So if you assume where, if you start with the assumption that, I mean, you hired this person, so you right. probably had a good reason. Right. They have skills, they have experience, they have whatever, you're taking a risk, who knows? Start with that assumption. Now you can ask some questions. You can say, I notice that the outputs aren't what we expected. You can start mm -hmm. with that conversation. Whatever that framework is, you can start mm -hmm. saying like, hey, something's not right here. Mm -hmm. I'm getting feedback, I'm observing, you don't seem to be, your heart's not in it, mm. you can, but I wanna understand what can we do. Yeah, well, let's start off with just um, acknowledging that you're seeing something, Yeah. right? So the output's not there. Right. But I'm also noticing that you're not really rowing. <laughs> like, yeah, and this, and this is, is this is a whole, no, this, we're not going anywhere, but you're also not rowing. And this can be let's you know face it, this can be a hard, uncomfortable moment in conversation. Why? Because you're providing feedback to somebody that says you're not meeting our agreed expectations. I want you to tell me why. For you, why would it be hard for you? Oh, I, you know, I think this is always a situation that you're always kind of as a leader. Wondering if there's going to be confrontation in this moment. And how do you feel about confrontation? You know, I I personally don't have um, I, I have a diversion to acrimonious confrontation, not to healthy confrontation. And I think that you know yeah. we can distinguish between those two things because one is personal. This is a, this is it's not personal, right? And one yeah. is constructive. And yeah. so I think that's that's kind of this this nuance that we have to understand is it. Can you have, can you, are you creating a space as a leader for an organization, for your team, for your individual to have a conversation to say, this is not what I expected or wanted, and it's safe to say that here. Before we even get there, we have to recognize, we have to give space for the audience to, 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 to really feel in for themselves what, what your own relationship is to that kind of a conversation. Because... I, you know, just speaking for myself, I, I can get embarrassed mm. that I have to have that con like, like, do I really have to tell you that mm. you weren't rowing? Yeah. Do I really have to say that out loud to you? I mean, don't you just don't you know that you weren't rowing? And then and then it's embarrassing because and this is the part I want to this is the part I want to make sure we we're clear about. I I'm gonna be a little angry about it. Yeah. And I don't want to be angry about it. Yeah. So I'm going to try to suppress the anger. And then when I suppress the anger, what happens? 
Well, it's really difficult to suppress that anger and not like feel that it's gonna, somewhere. It's going to it's, it's going to come out in sarcasm. Yeah. It's going to come out in some like snide, some sort of snide comment like, you know, well, uh, seems like Seth made a, you know, not much of a contribution to this outcome today or i'll say something like you know weird yeah weird it's going to color your tone and it's it's a real self-awareness of where you're feeling in that conversation and that feeling it when it gets into the feedback mm. kills psychological safety it does right because then you then you're like you you f- it's not just that you're like you you may not even know we're talking about the rowing we think like what the hell no it shifted from a conversation to an attack yes and that i mean will absolutely destroy the conversation and that's not that's not it's not going to lead to that constructive conversation around hey we seem to be off here what's going on right so uh so just breaking this down a little bit further mm. When I'm not dealing with my own emotions as the leader giving the feedback, when yeah. I'm not dealing with my own emotions, when I'm not when I'm not dealing with my own fear of conflict or my feelings around confrontation or my own anger around like what's happening here, my assumptions, whatever, what's gonna come across is going to be probably unkind. Unkind, unintentionally unkind, but unkind. And then what what happens is I'm actually not talking about the action. No, you're talking about the person. I'm talking about the person. And this is, oh, I love that you kind of walked us through that because this is the difference that I tried to, oh my God, when people are like, but if, you, if you're talking all the time about kindness, if you're talking all the time about, you know, humanity and you're talking all the time, like you're not being a tough boss. And I was like, no. Actually, the only way right. to constructively right. be a tough boss, let's, let's just draw a distinction. There's a difference between being a tough boss and being an asshole. Yeah. Right? The only way to safely, to constructively, to additively be a tough boss, to hold ourselves and others to higher standards and to help them get there is to do it through this lens of, number one, to your point, understanding where we are in the moment when we're having difficult conversations, and two, creating space to have that conversation in a safe way that allows the employee, the team, the colleague, to put on the table what's yeah. going on. Yeah. I because want... there could be a lot that's happening that is unspoken that can only be addressed okay. if there's safety to do that. So we, so I want to come back to this um, tough boss and feedback thing in a, in a few minutes. But before mm. I do that, let's, let's talk about this. Um, there's actually a tool. The Center for Creative Leadership came mm-hmm. up with this. Uh, We've talked about, it, I think, last year mm-hmm. in this. I, I can't remember if we talked about it last season, but the the tool is called SBI, and it's Situation Behavior Impact. Mm-hmm. And the this tool is so fabulous. It's, I mean, there's other tools like this, but this tool is so fabulous because it's so simple, and it keeps you out of talking about the person. Mm. It keeps you out of talking about like you assuming that you understand their intent. Mm. So the situation is, so this is this is how this works. Situation. The situation is we're all in this rowboat. The behavior is you're not rowing. <laughs> the impact is it looks like you know, you don't care about where we're going. Mm. It looks like, you know, we don't get where we need to go. Whatever, the impact is here. And then I can layer into that some sort of interpretation of intent. Mm-hmm. Is that your intent? 
Right. Right? If I do that, I never once say, you're a bad person. Right. Right? And this is a tool, I, I got to tell you, this tool has been around for a long time. Yeah. And it is, every leader I talk to, when they're, when they're stressing about feedback, I'm like, just use this. <laughs> use this. And they don't use it. Why yeah. don't they use it? It's 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 so difficult, I think, for for many of us, especially when pressure is up, when pressure's high, right, and emotions are high. Yeah, you know, it's kind of stress is high. To separate and object, like just objectively talk about the situation. We're all in a rowboat. We need to get over there. We're all working to get over there. We all agreed we were going to try to get over there, and I don't see you rowing. I don't see you rowing as fast as the others. Or, or in you, sync with everyone or whatever. Know, or something, whatever it is. But it's so difficult to not assume intention as it, a part of that. Let's, let's, break, let's understand what's difficult about it. Because on face value, it ought not to be, right? right. If, no, if our own emotions weren't involved, yeah. right, we could just, you know, if I said to you, if I asked you to get three glasses of water and you brought two glasses of water, I might just be like, hey, I, I asked for three glasses of water. And it's not a big deal. Like, it's just like, what happened? Right. Right? But if there's emotion involved, I could be like, you always do this. You never listen to me. Right? Well, I think, I, I, think I'll, I think I can name one of the biggest challenges to this as a leader, as leaders, is I'm the captain of that rowboat. Yes. And my job is to get us over there. You made promises. I made promises about when we'd get the rowboat over the shore, and we're not there, and you're not rowing, and you're making me look bad. Yeah. And so it gets to this ego thing. Oh, there's there's another thing in there, too, that you should also mention. What are the other rowers doing? Oh, yeah. I do actually want to talk about that. Because <laughs> what are they doing? Because they're all looking over. And then uh, there's there's a whole piece of this, too. Where, let me just talk about the ego part for a moment. And let me come back to that. Because I think this is actually part of being when you need to be a tough boss, right? And how do you do that? Mm. But the ego part of it can, be, can catch us up so easily. Yeah. Because our objectives and our goals and our bonus and our company performance and our team and all this is caught up in these promises that we've made, these goals that we've agreed to. And if you have a team member that's not rowing, then it can be really difficult to separate out the impact on your own success yeah. from the need of that employee. For, for, from my, my experience with this, which is limited, but my experience with this, or at least with coaching, this is what I see a lot of, is... We over just to use your words, we we over identify yeah. with the outcome. Yeah. And then what happens is we also um and this is interesting, not everyone's gonna relate to this, but if you've ever if you have within you a propensity, any kind of propensity to feel inadequate, mm. it is going to be on fire. Yeah. In when that you're... moment. Because you're gonna think to yourself, if I were a better captain of this rowboat, mm. this ship, whatever, if I were a better captain, if I were a better leader, a better manager, we'd all be rowing together and we'd be there right now. Well, I think this goes back to you know one of our earlier discussions a couple of episodes ago because I said, what's my job? That was the conversation, right? right? What's my job? So if I identify my job 
as achieving that outcome of getting the rowboat. I know we're oh, listeners. I know we're using this metaphor to death, but that's okay. Well, it's just, I mean, uh, rowing uh, rowing together, right? So in a crew or a crew boat, like rowing together, like it, it is an, is a great example because you need all the team members yeah. pulling their pulling their weight. I love the weight. metaphor. Yeah, I just want to acknowledge that we're beating it, it to death. <laughs> but, yeah. but if if my identity is tied up with how fast can I get the rowboat to shore, then when I have any missteps in that. I'm going to feel that inadequacy as yeah. a leader. Right. But what I said a couple of episodes ago was how I think about my job as a leader is to help my team deliver their best. Mm-hmm. And that is, okay, so in this case, their best is getting the rowboat to shore as fast as possible. But I've changed the, I've changed the source of my ego. I've changed the source of my satisfaction. Yeah, but that's so interesting, right? Because you said earlier about being competitive. Oh, I'm totally, totally right? competitive. So like, so like notice how like that could like... I'm not saying this happens for you, Ken, but that can happen for any of us. Like, I can feel competitive with myself. Like, how could I be a better leader of the rowboat? Or I could feel competitive with, like, you guys are making me lose here. Yeah. And I think this, this, is, this is so fundamental is if, if I identify my, my source of fulfillment as mm-hmm. a leader yeah. as helping the people in the rowboat perform to their best capability, that could be tools, training, process, uh-huh. then when I see somebody not performing to their best capability, my reaction to that is not, you're making me look bad. My reaction to that is, I'm failing you. Or or even, what's going on? How do I need, how can I help you? I think what's I, going on? What's going on? Like, I think, I think, like, before I even go to, so before I blame myself or blame them, yeah. right? Like just starting from this place of like, again, this is what I see. I notice this. Yeah. Right. Yeah, of course. I see right. this. What's up? Right. Now you're gonna hear a bunch of BS. Right. You're gonna hear a bunch of stuff. Oh yeah. That like happens. a bunch of like blah blah. blah like is it like oh my arm hurts and this and that and all this stuff. Like, yeah. well, yeah, all that is true. Everyone here has something. Right. You see this. Um, in sports ball teams, they talk sports about ball. That. Thank you. Yes. They they talk about how like everybody's hurt during the season. Yeah, everybody's got something. So, what do you really want to? Dr- so, in the tough feedback, what do you really want to drill down on? Yeah, I think this is, and I'm glad you brought it back around because this is part of actually listening and hearing, and then helping provide context as a leader to the situation because you're going to hear a lot of this. You're going to hear right. like, you know, I was up all night last night. I had a sick kid. I had, you know, whatever. I had an appointment this morning. My arm hurts. My aura's not as good as, I, as everybody else's. You know, but to your point, in most situations, sure, we've all got those stories. All of us have those stories. And this is the tough part of the kindness, which is helping folks understand yeah, that's that's. There's a lot of things that we could throw out there as excuses for not achieving our objective. What can we? What's in our control that we can do to improve? Yeah, between here and there. There's a thing. I've only had a few people in my life actually do this to me. I think I must be good at like sneaking around this. But like, there's a thing that happens when someone looks you dead in the eye and says, "Do you think you did your best?" Mm. Yeah, and I think you know, there's the especially in, in, these, in this kind of context where we're talking about a team, is 
creating this, go back to this culture and the safety and this, this, this organizational dynamic is, you know, are you doing your best for the team? Is the team doing their best for you? How would it be, would it be kind of me to let you slack while everybody else works hard? Totally. I, I hear that. I just want to come, I, want, I don't want to lose sight of this do your best thing because mm. this is about running. This is about all the things, right? Yeah. Because when I'm, I've been going to like, uh, I've been going to exercise class. I've been trying to like exercise more. And, I, and I, I, I go to these things where like, you know, there's a person yelling at you and like we're in real life. Like it's, I do the Peloton too, but we're like in real life space. And like, <laughs> you know, and like, it's like a little different. It's my kind of class. All it's right, a little good. different. Like people, you know, they're yeah. in, in there telling me to, to um, you know, to, to to when the treadmill, they're like raise the level and put it to like a higher level. And then they tell you sort of like give you a range to do it to kind of get you into a higher thing, and and like I I, I work hard at it, but I cheat a little, mm. right? I cheat a little because sometimes I'm like I don't it's it's six in the, it's six in the morning. I don't want to work this hard. Like I, I'm cheating a little, and and I don't love running, and I don't yeah. like and. I think about that sometimes because you know, when I'm done with the day and I still sort of I feel good, but I don't feel like I gave it my all. Yeah. And then I think, okay, who am I cheating here? Right. Right. Who am I cheating? Did I did I give my best? Now, this is a thing. I can sort of ask myself that and I can talk myself in circles. No one there, no one in that room is counting on me. Mm. Right? It's just me. The only person I'm letting down is me. And no one is really giving me feedback. No one, the coach isn't like walking up to me and be like, hey, I noticed mm. that you didn't really push it. Here's you know, the situation. Right. <laughs> I noticed that you didn't, you know, when I said go all out, you kind of kept it where it was. Yeah. And I just want you to know, you're not going to get better if you do that. Right? That would be a scary conversation for everybody. Yeah. For that, per, that coach and for me. Yeah. Right? How do you do that? So and let's just name why that would be scary. Yeah. So I think that would be scary because I think that sounds like judgment. Oh, but it's it, it sounds like judgment, but it's so much worse mm. because what that person is saying to you is, I see you. Yeah. I but see you. I see you, and I see that you didn't do. I see. I. It's not even like, it's not even saying... It's not even saying you cheated. It's saying I asked for this and you didn't do it. Yeah. Which again to me sounds like judgment. I think judgment is a really scary way to approach a conversation. But but just but a let's feedback conversation. But let's just let's so the audience can understand like what would judgment actually sound like? Yeah, in that case, you know, or in a work uh, context, you know, hey, we had a goal of 100 and you did 90. And that is just unacceptable. Yeah. That's, or, you know, that's, that's, or you're sandbagging. You are not up to the standards of others. You're, you're, yeah, you're lazy. You're lazy. You're, you're the, the words. all the things like that's yeah. judgment, right? That's judgment. And a lot of that can come through the tone and kind of the subtext of these things. Totally. As opposed to, hey, I saw that you weren't giving it your all this morning and I know what you're capable of. What's up? What's up? Just saying I saw you, I mean, I'm going to tell you something. You know, I, I think that as a student, I was full of excuses. Mm. 
I had lots of excuses why I didn't do the thing. Why, and, and they were all, I mean, I was smart enough to make them good, the good excuses, but they were just excuses, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't you, do, why didn't you do work harder on this paper? Um, well, the fact is I waited till the night before. Right, right, right? yeah. Right? And like, you know, you have two weeks to write a paper, a week to write a paper, and you wait till the night before. Guess what? Like, you're going to get what you got. Like, yeah. you know, but the question is, a teacher who's able to say, a professor is able to say, like, well, you're just not very good at this class mm-hmm. versus that that's judgment. Yeah. That's not really helpful. That's not constructive. To say, I noticed you don't really come in for extra. I don't notice you don't really come in to talk to me about your paper. Yeah, you didn't give me a rough draft ahead of you time. You didn't give me a rough draft ahead of time. Yeah. I noticed that you handed it in a day late. I noticed that it, you handed it in with lots of errors in it. Like, that's scary. It's still scary. It's still tough. Yeah. And this is, but this is how different is that? That situation where your coach could have come to you and said, hey, you looked like you were slacking off this morning, right? You didn't give it your all, right? Versus, I noticed that you weren't giving it your all this morning. I noticed you didn't. When it when I asked you to go to the highest level, you didn't, you didn't change. So you didn't change your that's number. That's the situation. Right. I noticed you, this is what happened. I know what you're capable of. Yeah. What's up? Right. Just framing that question, it's still tough feedback. Yeah. It's still going to it's still uncomfortable cuz now you're asking the person on your team to face their own like you got to actually They can't hide. Acknowledge they it. They can't hide. You can't hide from it now. Can't hide. Okay, so so what would be an example in your world? What would be an example of something that somebody might I mean and let's not make this so egregious, but like sure. something small that somebody might do that would let down their fellow their peers. Oh, I, you know, there's just all kinds of things in the corporate world, right, in the business world where, hey, we have to submit this to finance on this Friday. You didn't submit it till Wednesday. That caused other people to work harder, right, because they had to scramble with less time to do that or this contract that needed to be reviewed by legal or whatever. And it, like, it really compressed other people's time. So here's the situation. Your procrastination caused other people to work harder. There right. was this. There was this the situation. There was the assignment. There was this thing you were supposed to hand into finance. Right. The behavior is you didn't do it until Wednesday. It was due on Friday, so you did a, almost a week later. The impact and is. And the impact is that you caused everyone else to scramble and everybody else do the. Was that your intent? Was that your intent? Was that your intent? What did, did were you aware? Were, did you mean to do that? Right. Okay. So if they said I meant to, yes, I meant to do that. Then you have a totally clear. That's a very yeah, clear. A very conver- different conversation. That's a very <laughs> different conversation, right? But if they go like, "No, I didn't mean to do that," then you can go, "What's up?" Yeah, what happened? What happened? Well, you know, I had this. You know, I didn't get all the details from the vendor, or I had this other thing. Okay, did you notify them? Did you did notify you ask finance? for help? Did you ask for help? Did you let legal know that was going to come in three days late so they would be prepared and not absolutely on you? all those questions, right? A lot of things you can you can help coach people through. All those questions you're trying to coach them through. What are you making sure they understand? Uh, really, in this case, is understand their impact on others and that they are responsible yeah, for and, their behaviors. And, and it, there's a thing I've said, and maybe I said it to you once. I don't know. Maybe we got it on recording once, but. Somebody said, oh, you, because I, I talk about being competitive and like, you know, and I don't know, somebody accused me of being a perfectionist. I said, no, 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 no. Let me be very clear. I actually have a very high tolerance for mistakes. I make them all the time. Right. Of course I do. I'm human. Right. Right. I have a low tolerance for failure. 
And there's a difference between those two things and setting your organization up for knowing how not to fail, where they need help, how to actually help them through those areas. That doesn't mean having a low tolerance for mistakes mm. because we all make mistakes. Mm. It's what do we learn from that? Let's try to avoid making the same mistake over and over again. Mm. That's mm. failure. Okay. So good. So good. Let's talk a little bit more about psychological safety. And I have mm. a thought for, about this. Yeah. If you want to create psychological safety, if you want to be able to give tough feedback to one of your crewmates, one of your teammates, one of your um, employees, direct reports, whatever, you want to give direct feedback. And that feedback is about how they're not measuring up or they're not doing something. They're, you, they're not putting the oar in the water or whatever specific thing is. They didn't hand in the thing on time. And you want them to feel safe. Mm. then you have to create a culture where you yourself will receive feedback. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and it's one of the best gifts as a leader that you can get is feedback from your team. Talk about that. Yeah. I, you know, I've told a story before about uh, somebody on my team who came to me and she said, Ken, I see what you're trying to do here, but the way you're doing it is making it harder, not easier. And I was like, well, say more. And she did. And she was 100% right. Just 100% right. And what I did with that video, I actually celebrated it. In that, like, I actually, like, the, the next team meeting, I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much for giving me this feedback. Here's mm -hmm. how I'm going to incorporate and change my tactic from mm -hmm. this. I think as leaders, there's this idea that leaders have all the answers, that we have the experience, that we've been there, done that, that, yeah. you know, and, and, and sometimes that, that can be this, this, sometimes that can be a pressure that you can feel as a leader. Is you're, you're, you have to have the answers. Yeah. People come to you and they ask you and it, your instinct can be, well, I can't say, I don't know. I can't say, what do you think? Right. right? But those are really powerful statements as a leader. To say because what it does is it, it it acknowledges fallibility and says I need help as much as you do and we're all in this together so this it's all about this creating the safety space where we can talk about what we know what we don't know often as leaders we do know or yeah. have experience or a perspective yeah but even then I think there's a, a care that we need to take when we put it out there to say this is my experience based on my experience I would do a B or C mm. And then, what do you think? Mm. Inviting input mm. is going to create a better outcome. Now, there's times, there's times, there's crisis times where, as a leader, you have to say, "We're we're doing B. We're going, we're going left." Yeah. Right. But even in those times, I think it's important for us to create that space. It's just, and it's all about this asking questions and inviting input and yeah. inviting feedback and celebrating it. So this, this, to kind of like pull this together for a little bit, like the. It's important that the feedback you're giving be about things that matter. Yes. And that it be about things that matter that are behavior related. And, and I'm going gonna, gonna to push back a little bit on the, the failure thing because mm. it can't be just about outcomes. Because if it's just about outcomes, there's a lot of reasons why something could fail, a lot of reasons why something was successful, and it may have nothing to do with what you did. Right. So if you can say, "Hey, we 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 arrived at the island that we were we were aiming for, and you all were rowing in the right direction and got us there," 
versus, hey, we arrived at the island because a tide just took us there. <laughs> and like you guys were just like all like bickering about who's supposed to be right, rowing and right, what right, rower. Right. Like You like, do need to be able to distinguish those things. You have to be able to distinguish yeah, between absolutely. those two things. And like, you know, outcome I'm, I'm, outcome is important, absolutely, especially for a business, especially for a company that's like, you know, you have to show that what we're doing is measurable and has an out, and has like a benefit to the company, it has something, we did something. Yeah. And I also need to differentiate between, yeah, like we may have achieved that outcome, but you left a lot of bodies on the floor. Yeah. Right? Like you, you maimed everybody in that boat. Yeah. And like, that's not okay. Yeah. The how is really important along with the what. Yes. Um, right. And that's actually part of the, you know, and often as leaders, we, we find ourselves and that, that actually is, I think, can be pretty common in corporate environments is the what becomes the be all end all. Oh like my God. We're going to deliver yes. the quarterly results. Totally. And these, of course it is. how, if it's not a sustainable way yes. of executing. Right. right. And it's not a, you know, constructive or additive, I use those words, you know, kind of way of, of achieving those results. Those are, that's a short-term mindset. This, this, is the, this is when you have a culture that, you know, a hero culture, for example, oh, where, yeah. like, you know, one yeah. person's like, ah, I did it all. I delivered us across the finish line. And you're like, yeah, well, did you? Like, you got us there. I mean, but you did like, this time, but yeah, are you going like, to be able to do that again? You, like, you know, stayed up all night and every, you were miserable to everybody and everybody, you know, all that stuff. It's like, that's one thing. If you can stay focused on what matters, mm. right? Are we all in agreement where we're going? Are we all in agreement how we're going to get there? Can we have an honest debate? Yeah. Like, for example, um, you know, I want us to be able to achieve this outcome, and we're going to be doing it in this way. Like, I want us to do it in this way. Well, I don't, I don't know what this way is. We're going to use this tool. Yeah, sure. Can someone on the team say, I think that's a dumb idea. I don't want to use that tool. I think I, my experience with that tool is that it's not going to help us get there. What would happen? I, you know, the, <laughs> I don't love the word dumb and uh, that cause it, because it's judgmental, right? So in this case, it's just say, you know, if, if but let's just say somebody said, it's, I, I think that's crazy. That's crazy. It's not going to get us there. And here's why. Um, the here's why part is that would be my question when the team comes. If, if somebody on my team says, hey, Ken, I know you want to do this thing the way that we're trying to do it. It's, it's going to be slower, harder, you know, I'll say, okay, well, tell me why. Tell me more about that. Like, well, what do you, what's your perspective on that? And how, what's that based on? And let's have an honest conversation around it. And sometimes, like I said, if you're in a crisis moment, you may not have time for that. And you need to say, we're going to park that and come back to it later because of these pressures. But you're gonna create that space, again, for having a hard conversation. And yeah, your, your toughest boss could be people on your team giving you hard feedback. I mean, the, you know, the reason why I said dumb, or the reason why I was more sharp with it, is because the safer the space, usually, the more blunt you can be with each yeah. other. Now, that's not necessarily a good thing, right? For people's feelings. But like but like noticing that like you start from this idea of like I believe you care about where we're going. Yeah. I believe for example, you like I understand that you don't want to crash this plane. Yeah. You want us to get there on time. Right, so then you're fighting for this thing. You might be wrong. By the way, I'm, I might just overrule you. Yeah. Because I, I think I've done what, it. I think what you're arguing for is a nuanced, like, 
really like a just you prefer to use this other tool. Right. And I don't care because we have a tool in hand. We're going to use it. Right. But you also might have a really good point. Yeah. Which is, you know, uh, we don't have any developers who actually know how to use that code. Or right. we don't actually, you know, all of our other programs are written in this other code. And like, why would we do this? Other, you know, why would we use this totally different code for this? Well, I like what you said about, you know, creating. So if you have that safe space, if, you're, if you created a culture where it's safe to have a, an honest, healthy debate, you can be direct. So direct. Right. And you said blunt. You know, and I think there's a difference between being direct or blunt and being rude. Right, right. Right, because rudeness starts with judgment. Yes, you're, if you can, this is what we talked about before. If you can end your sentence with dumbass, then you're probably, <laughs> you're probably not being very helpful. No, right. And it's, again, if you start with that positive intent, if I, if I, if I start with that assumption that you're here for a reason, Either I hired you, somebody else hired you, you joined the team, you brought skills and experience, and you want the same. We're aligned on the direction that we're headed. I can now give you safely tough feedback. Yeah. As a boss, as a peer, as a colleague, as an employee. Right. I can give you tough feedback. This is right. what I wanted to really just get at in this conversation, which is how do you create a space where you can offer tough feedback or conversation? Mm. And it starts with this element of safety, and it starts with this element of, yeah, kindness. Like, I can be tough, but kind, right? Because I care about the success of our I care about, this goes agreement. back to your point about, like, I care about your success, Yeah. right? I care about your success in this behavior. You know, Seth, you're here at 6 a.m. to work out because you want to get better at this. When you don't actually push yourself, you're not going to get any better at this. Yeah. Right? Like, I care about you, but you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to make this my problem. Exactly. Which is like, which is like I'm not going to go and, like, now I'm going to go and, like, push your button for you and make you, like, no, you got to decide. I love that. And that's a great way to kind of pull this together is, <laughs> I care about you enough to not make it my problem. Yes. Yes. This, so when, when we get confused about caring and psychological safety and this whole thing about being compassionate or kind while also being direct. The confusion is, I think somehow I'm gonna, I need to be able to give you feedback and I also need to make sure you feel okay about it. Yeah. And that's where it gets off the rails because once I try to, once I'm trying to manage for your feelings, right. once I'm trying to manage, I'm trying to control how you feel about it, now I'm just in manipulation mode. I'm just in, I'm not being direct. I'm not, I'm actually. I'm sort of being dishonest. Yes. Mode, where yes. I'm not actually offering you the care that I feel for I'm you. I'm not trusting you. I don't trust you. I don't trust you to be able to do it. This, oh, Seth, I love this feed, this, this conversation, as always. Um, and it's such a great setup for our next session, next mm. episode, which I know we labeled Adult Swim Only because all of this gets down to this expectation that I have, and I've said this before. I only hire adults. Right. I only hire adults. It's right. just a thing um, for my corporation. And what does that mean? It comes with this whole set of expectations around how I want to treat those people that I work with, how I want to be treated by those people I work with. Yeah. And these basic assumptions. And there's a lot of organizations that if you kind of unpack the policies and the handbooks and the coaching and the thing, 
we we stop treating each other as adults with these kind of expectations yeah. and it sort of starts to degrade our you know kind of our, our trust in one another because we don't the the policy the handbook doesn't say we trust you yeah, enough we, to know how to work. You treat people like children and you <laughs> Guess get what? children. Yeah, it's right. Great. So this is all really just great conversation around. You know, how do you create that environment, that organization, that high performance culture, that high expectation culture, that still feels human yeah. and still feels care? Yeah. As a leader, be able to have tough conversations, but do it in a way that's constructive and building people. You know, calling people. When they need to be called out, including ourselves. Yeah. Um, Allowing but, yourself to be called out, calling other people out, always with the idea that this is about making us better. Exactly. Not about beating people up. Right. Not about telling people just what they're doing wrong. If you only call out things that are negative, mm, that's yeah. not good. No. Uh, such a great conversation, Seth. As always, thank you so much. Uh, your book is coming out into yeah, the wolf. Yeah, into the wolf. It's coming out. It's a um it's a book the way I'm thinking about this is that it's really a book for exceptional people who feel like they could do better. Mm. Feel like they could do more. You know, they could be a better leader. They could be all the stuff we're talking about, right? Like I am really like good at what I do. Why is this not working the way I want it to work? Yeah. Why can, how can I be better? Yeah, what's, what's keeping me from being What's better? keeping me from being better, right? right. And facing it and yeah. actually owning it and That's thinking right. about how to take action. Exactly. Which I love. I love those stories, and you got some great ones there. Yeah. Uh, you can find out more uh, on your website, SethBerkGlady.com, or links from It'sNotPersonal.net. Of course, our podcast, please share. Please give us feedback yeah. and comments. It's out on Spotify and Apple and all the places you can get podcasts. Uh, we love your feedback and comments and questions. Uh, we try and incorporate uh, so many of them when we can and respond where we can. So thank you so much. Keep it coming. And Seth, we'll talk next week. Excellent. Thanks, Ken. Thanks.